This is a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. On Sunday when the church bells start ringing, they're ringing for you and for me. Let's all gather round at the church Sunday morning, and we'll all kneel down and pray. We'll pray to our Lord up in heaven to guide us safe home on our way. It's a place where we all meet on Sunday to worship our Lord up Oh, 
God has made all things clean. Who are we to say otherwise? God calls us to accept all people as God's beloved children. Give us open minds and loving hearts, O God. Well, welcome to worship, good neighbors. You are listening to a Neighbors United in Christ worship service sponsored by the Lutheran churches of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity. My name is Lauren Tagg, and thanks today to Jim Haugerud and Debbie Tagg, our musicians, Kathy Christensen, our reader and provider of the children's message, and our recording engineer is Isaac Christensen. You are able to join us by NUIC podcast and at 8 a.m. each Sunday morning at WPCA Radio 93.1 FM and its live internet stream on www. Dot wpcaradio.org. If you'd like to help sponsor these services or donate to our ministry, you can contact us by phone at 715-268-9577, by mail at NUIC Parish, 1578 85th Avenue, Amory, Wisconsin, and through our website at www.nuic parish.org. We want to thank WPCA Radio for this broadcast. Next Sunday we'll be at uh, Trinity Lutheran at 9.30 and would welcome you uh, to our worship then. And also on the 29th, the day before, on Saturday, they're having their annual smorgasbord. And that starts at 4 o'clock, I think, till 7. And again, come and enjoy some great food. The church is anywhere people gather in Jesus' name. Even when we are not together in a church building, God continues to be present in the creative and intentional ways that we gather for worship. Therefore, wherever you are at this time, worshiping in Jesus' name, your present location is the church. You may want to set up a small worship area uh, to enhance your worship experience today. Uh, you can have a candle or a cross, uh, maybe have a Bible or a couple Bibles for the kids, and any other worship materials that would be helpful for you. As we begin worship, it is our desire to honor God, to open our hearts to the spirit of God's love and presence, and begin with the invocation. Dedicating this hour to the presence and purposes of God, we worship together with God the Creator, Jesus our Savior, and the Spirit, our breath of life. We continue with confession and forgiveness declaration. We confess our sins before God and one another. God of resurrection, you have redeemed us through the gift of your Son, yet we often act as though we don't know what that means. We fail to see where you, we need to change and where we need to work to being, bring positive change to the world. We remain fixated on ourselves rather than living in love and service for others. Forgive us our sins of thought, word, and action or lack of action that we might better do your will. I'd like to declare to you Christ is risen indeed and proclaims to you and all of creation the entire forgiveness of sin. Receive this gift of forgiveness with joy. Amen. 
We'll continue with our gathering songs. to the 
Thank you, Jim and Debbie. I will continue with the litany. God, it is so easy to believe we are always in the right. It is so easy to separate ourselves into us and them and to judge us as way better than them. But you could not be clearer to us. There is no them. There is only us. We are all one in you and therefore of equal value. Shake us out of our complacency, O God, that we might go out of our way to welcome everyone, no matter what. Let us pray. God of transformation, you continually challenge our notions of what is acceptable, pushing us to set aside judgment and embrace all people as your beloved children. Change our hearts so that we stop seeking to change others to make ourselves more comfortable. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Savior, amen. I'd encourage you to share a sign of peace where you would bless yourself or someone worshiping with you today. You can do it by touching your forehead and using the Trinity form, Ariella, to start you off and be blessed, or I am blessed in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. At this time, we turn to the Holy Scriptures. If you have a Bible with you, I invite you to turn with us and follow along with the Scripture readings. The first reading comes from Matthew 9, verses 36 through 37. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Here ends the first reading. The Holy Gospel according to Acts, chapter 10, verses 1 through 17, and 34 through 48. Glory to, to you, O Lord. In Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of the Italian cohort, as it is called. He was a devoted man who feared God with all his household. He gave alms generously to the people and prayed constantly to God. One afternoon at about three o'clock, he had a vision in which he clearly saw an angel of God coming and saying to him, Cornelius, and he stared at him in terror and said, what is it, Lord? He answered, your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa for a certain Simon, who is called Peter. He is lodging with Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the seaside. When the angel who spoke to him had left, he called two of his slaves and a devout soldier from the ranks of those who served him. And after telling him everything, he sent them to Joppa. About noon the next day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up onto the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted to eat. 
and while it was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the heaven open and something like a large sheet coming down being lowered to the ground by its four corners. In it were four kinds, all kinds of four-footed creatures and reptiles and birds of the air. Then he heard a voice saying, get up, Peter, eat, kill and eat. But Peter said, by no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is profane or unclean. The voice said to him again a second time, what God has made clean, you must not call profane. This happened three times, and the thing was suddenly taken up to heaven. Now while Peter was greatly puzzled about what to make of the vision that he had seen, suddenly the men sent by Cornelius appeared. They were asking for Simon's house and were standing by the gate. Then Peter began to speak to them. I truly understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, everyone who fears him and does what is right is accepted acceptable to him. You know the message he sent to the people of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. That message spread throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John had announced, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with the power. Now he went about doing good things and healing all those who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses to all that he did both in Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him on the third day and allowed him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who were chosen by God as witnesses who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one ordained by God as the judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testified about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sin through his name. While Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the word. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astounded that the gift of the Holy Spirit was being poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and exalting God. Then Peter said, Can anyone withhold the water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? So he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And then they invited him to stay for several, several days. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. It's time now to talk with the young people of the parish. Hi guys. Have you ever been in a club? Who was allowed in that club? Well, when I was younger, I was in the Girl Scouts for a number of years, and that was a club just for girls. But then I was also in 4-H later on, which was a lot of fun. But at the time when I was in 4-H, it was almost 60 years ago, it was mostly kids who lived in the country and they had large animals and they took them to the county fair. But I think that's probably changed a lot by now. Did you know that in Jesus' time, the people who worshiped God were like a club? They had to do certain things to be allowed in it. Do you think that was fair? Well, 
Because of Jesus, everything had changed. Let's figure out who we could, who could be in God's club, a club that loves Jesus. Is it those people with dark hair? Or is it those that have red hair? Is it people who live in a city? But then what about the people that live in the country? Is it only those who play a musical instrument or who could sing? Oh, that's so silly. That's wrong. Everyone and anyone can be in God's club. Being different doesn't matter to God. God loves all of us and we belong to God. Did you know that it's God's love that gets us into that club? A club that everybody can belong to? We are one in God's eyes, everyone. Let us pray. Dear God, thank you for welcoming everyone in your love in Jesus. In your name, amen. We are one in the Spirit, we are one in the Lord. We are one in the Spirit, we are one in the Lord. And we pray that all unity may one day be restored. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. We will walk with each other. We will walk hand in hand. We will walk with each other. We will walk hand in hand. And together we'll spread the news that God is in our land. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. We will work with each other. We will work side by side. We will work with each other. We will work side by side. And we'll guard each one's day.
I'd like to start this message with again going to the narrative where they give a, a theme for the scripture passages and it kind of expanded my thoughts as I uh, looked at this and I, I thought of racism right away and how do we change that and so forth but uh, it gives a little bit more uh, broader perspective here to help us get started. Humans seem to be wired to distinguish between us and them. What's a little perplexing to me is what odd and irrelevant things we identify to establish us-ness. We separate ourselves based on things we see, skin color, body shape, asymmetrical features. We separate ourselves based on things we can't see but wear on our sleeves, political affiliation, wealth, religion, ideologies. We separate ourselves based on things we can only perceive. Personality type, emotional maturity, preferences of all sorts. What separated Cornelius and Peter were many things, religion, culture, social status, employment, geography. They were different in pretty much every way except one. They both fear and love God. For God, that was enough. God sent both men a vision that would bring the men together. Both resisted the message at first, but ultimately they were united. Peter spoke the gospel and the Holy Spirit entered all who were present to hear. The Gentiles were baptized, uniting them all in Jesus. What is the most interesting about the perceived differences between Cornelius and Peter wasn't that they each saw the other as different. It was the way that Peter saw himself. He believed himself to be a devout, righteous man. He believed he was chosen by God and set apart. He also believed he had a responsibility to maintain the strict standards of living set forth by God, to eat only foods that were ritually clean and not to defile himself in any way. God's challenge to Peter wasn't just to open his heart to Cornelius and the Gentiles. It was to change his own heart about himself. God invited Peter to eat the unclean things. It's one thing to be called to accept the other. It's another thing entirely to be called to become like the other. This is just what God did. Sometimes our hardest calling is not what we do, what we do with, say to, or think about others. It is how we think about ourselves. Many of us truly believe we are better than others. Our confirmation bias causes us to see the failings in others and the successes within ourselves. But God asks us to look inside and to change the things within ourselves that are barriers to others receiving Christ. Peter was challenged to accept that what he perceived as unclean. God had made clean and to be willing to accept it to the point of consuming unclean foods. Consider thing, what things God might be challenging your congregation to accept that might previously have been seen as unacceptable. It is interesting how we look at the other or them out there and not at ourselves. But there was a history here that was interesting for Peter. After all, he considered him to be a, himself to be a devout Jew who God had set apart by establishing them. things like not eating certain animals, and it was for health standards, and it was for also 
for them to be a witness to others where it would set them apart. But now God was asking him to change that viewpoint, not to be set apart, but now it was to be in the world and to share good news in the world. And it meant changing both his perception and his uh, belief systems in many ways about himself. There's a cute story in um, Chicken Soup for the Soul in which two monks uh, were on a pilgrimage and they came to Ford in the River and there they saw a girl dressed in all her finery, obviously not knowing what to do since the river was high and she did not want to spoil her clothes. Without more ado, one of the monks took her on his back, carried her across the river, and put her down on dry ground on the other side. Then the monks continued on their way, but the other monk, after an hour, started complaining. Surely it is not right to touch a woman. It is against the commandments to have close contact with women. You know that as part of our rules. How could you go against the rules of monks? The monk who had carried the girl walked along silently, but finally he remarked, I set her down by the river an hour ago. Why are you still carrying her? There are things in our past that we keep carrying, even though it meant somebody else benefited by if we had just changed the way we thought. Somebody else could have crossed the river. Somebody else could have... Uh, come to faith even if we hadn't been so stuck in some of our old rules. And being a Haugie Lutheran, I understand how there were so many rules as to how you were supposed to live. And that one of them was not drinking at all. And there are good reasons to drink and there are good reasons not to drink. But as uh, an athlete in high school, we weren't supposed to. And, and part of my faith statement was there and I remember traveling to New York City to do some programming on a gospel team. And there I went into a Missouri Synod church and the youth director was dynamic. He was really a fun person to be around, a person of faith. And I was staying at his place and we sat down after the evening program and he said, hey Lauren, here's a beer. Oh, my world was shattered. How could he offer me a beer, this person who was supposed to be such a good Christian? It was I who had to learn to look at myself differently and to look at the world differently and what God has given us. That's what Peter had to do. He had to look at things that were where he was not supposed to do. But now he was called to to open up the door to this Roman. What are the things that we hold so dear in the church? What is it that we hold the door open to and what is it that we close the door to? I think the politics of today are prime examples of us being divided and not being able to talk and to work things out. I think there's things in the church where we are different in our traditions and somehow we feel we are better than the other churches that surround us. Sometimes it's families, we get proud of who we are, and we don't allow other people to be included in our close circle of friends. Sometimes we get into cliques in our churches. There are certain people we talk to and there are people we just 
don't, don't deal with. God is calling us to a much broader circle, a much broader way of looking and doing things. What a joy it would be to see us be more open and to help others get along with other people who they haven't always gotten along with and for us to be involved in that same process. There's another little parable. I used to use a lot of what was called the carpenter shop, and this is very similar. It's called the orchestra by uh, Judy Strausland. There once was a town with an orchestra. The orchestra had every kind of instrument you could possibly imagine, from banjos to bagpipes, piccolos to pianos to cornets. It just all, all of them were represented. It was an honor and a privilege to be a member of the orchestra. There were no musical requirements to get in. The conductor had offered a standing invitation to anyone who would like to join with one stipulation. The contract was for life. Some instrumentalists refused to join because they were afraid that such an agreement would stifle their artistic creativity. Others worried about what would happen if they didn't like the, the music the conductor would give them to play. The conductor had given all his musicians the score of a piece he had composed called the Grand Finale. And he asked them to practice it in preparation for the coming of the concert day. Each section took its part seriously and practiced very diligently. But the musicians couldn't help noticing that some of the other sections were practicing differently than they were. Look at those violins, growls the French horn section. There's no rhythm, no reason to the way they practice. It's something different every time. Why don't they do what we do and practice the scales? They have no understanding of the fundamentals. I declare sniffed the violinists as they observed a French horn rehearsal. It's hard to believe they always do the exact same thing. It must be so boring. Why don't they do what we do and let the joy of the music take them wherever it will? Can you believe it, gasped the drummers? All those bassoonists ever do is to go to their stuffy practice room and back home again. They don't have any experience playing for other people at all. They've got to be getting stagnant. Sometimes it makes you wonder if they really signed the contract, sighed the bassoonist. Those drummers are so busy out on the town every night playing in the worst kinds of places, they probably don't spend any time practicing at all. Once some of the musicians chanced to meet, and of course their conversation centered on the way to interpret the score. It's a victory march, the trumpet player announced decisively. It is meant to be played with a solemn yet triumphal sound. Oh, no, no, the harpist declared. It's a love song, sweet and joyous and tender. Ah, uh, that's crazy, the clarinet, clarinet player interrupted. It's a hymn, reverent and worshipful. Though there were many sectional rehearsals, the players could never agree as to when to rehearse as a full orchestra so no one knew how the piece would finally sound. And they disagreed so violently about the time and conditions of the performances, it was better not to bring up the subject at all. 
Uh, the town still has its orchestra. The sections are still rehearsing. But those who hear them wonder, will they really be ready to play together when the conductor raises his baton on the concert day? We have to ask ourselves in the church, how do we make this orchestra sound? How do we live with the kind of music that the world needs to hear and that we can play together? How can we use our differences to make a beautiful sound as opposed to just a rather boring sound, one that's unattractive to our culture and our community? How do we take what Peter did, going to somebody from a different culture, a different way of thinking, somebody who didn't fit the mold, and to be surprised at God's working and how the filling of the Holy Spirit changed the church. Now, Peter, you would think after this experience, learned his lesson. But we read later that Peter met for a conference in Jerusalem, and the Jewish people came in, and Peter sat with them instead of with Gentiles. And Paul takes time to confront him, saying, Peter, this isn't what we are about. We all are included. There is not some that are better than others. It's sad to say in our history as a church, we have taken the Jewish faith and made them less. We all know that the Holocaust uh, celebration of, uh, how many years was it now since that happened? And we're seeing again the persecution of Jewish people. The church needs to stand with the Jewish people, understanding that Peter, Paul, Jesus, all were Jewish folks. They are our brothers and sisters. But it's not just Jewish people. It's all folks in our world. How do we stand and take care of those who are unwanted, those who are left out for whatever reason, and say, welcome. We care, and most of all, God cares. May we be like the monk who carried the gal across, even when it wasn't according to the rules. May we eat and drink with those who we sometimes don't agree with and don't understand, but we listen and grow as Peter did because God led him there. And finally, may we take up the instrument that God has given us, the talent that he's given us, whatever it is, and play the musical instrument and do it with joy because the song is going to be great when Jesus comes again. It's good to be God's child. It's good just to know that he has promised to be with us always, even when we mess up and we forget about including and when we do, don't take care of others. It's just good to know God comes again, reminds, calls us into his fellowship, and says, welcome those around you. 
It's the way we do things in the kingdom of God. Blessings this week as you share and as you live in God's kingdom, where all are invited. In Jesus' name, amen. He leadeth me, O blessed thought, a words with heavenly comfort fraught. Whatever I do, wherever I be, still is God's hand that leadeth me. He leadeth me, he leadeth me, by his own hand he leadeth me. His Sometimes mid scenes of deepest gloom, sometimes we're eaten bowers bloom by water still or troubled sea, still tis his hand that leadeth me. Lord, I would place thine hand in mine, nor Is thine hand that leadeth me? He leadeth me, he leadeth me by his own hand. He leadeth me, his faithful follower. continue by confessing our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray the prayers of the church. 
Standing in awe of your unfathomable grace, we pray for the church, the world, and all in need. God, who sees what others cannot see, teach us to look at the world through your eyes. Help us let go of our old ideas of who is in and who is out. Teach us to love all your children as you love. God of life, you hear our prayer. Make us tender stewards of your awesome creation. Give us eyes to see the needs of this earth and hearts to make necessary changes. God of life, you hear our prayer. Call our leaders to set aside preconceived ideas and be open to the contributions of people from all backgrounds. God of life, you hear our prayer. We ask your healing for all who suffer afflictions of body, mind, or spirit, especially Kelsey, Kelsey Zamuda, Joyce Anderson, Jim Wade, Randy Goglin, Pat and Lucille Trofe, Helen Erickson, Shirley Lenz, Julie Dubois, Rachel Seacrest, Scott Morgan, Matt Querup, Ida Martinson, Jean Hoisington, Lee and Maury Nicholson, Becky Anderson, Helen Jorgensen, Ron Wilson, Dean Muse, and the Dan Rosenbush family. Lift them up and bring them to wholeness. God of life, you hear our prayer. Let peace ring out upon the earth. Still the hate within our hearts and strengthen our hands and our voices to work for justice and peace. God of life, you hear our prayer. We lift up all the saints who have gone before us, who have taught us to see the world in new and marvelous ways. God of life, you hear our prayer. Confident in the promise of the resurrection, we lift all these prayers to you, saving God, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. As people of faith, we are called to continue strengthening the ministry of the church, even when we are physically distant. We invite you to prayerfully consider making a donation to our parish, your home congregation, the synod, or somewhere else where the work of the body of Christ is being done to love and to serve our neighbors. Let us pray. Generous God, you love and care for all people. Accept these gifts for your good work in the world and use them for the benefit of all in need. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore There's a land that is fairer than and by faith we can see it afar For the Father waits over the way 
to prepare us a dwelling place there in the sweet by and by we shall meet on that beautiful shore in the sweet by and by we shall meet on that beautiful shore we shall sing on that beautiful shore the melodious songs of the blessed and their spirit shall sorrow no more not a sigh for the blessing of rest in the sweet by and by we shall meet on that beautiful shore in the To our bountiful Father above, we will offer our tribute of praise for the glorious gift of His love and the blessings that hallow our days in the Let us pray together the prayer that our Lord taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Called to walk together as a body of Christ, let us abide with one another in peace. Thanks be to God. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and grant you peace. Amen. As I went down to the river to pray, Studying about that good old way And who shall wear the starry crown Good Lord, show me the way Oh, sisters, let's go down Let's go down, come on down Oh, sisters, let's go down Down to the river to pray as I went down to the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the robe and crown? Good Lord, show me the way. Oh, brother.
brothers, let's go down, let's go down, come on down. Oh, brothers, let's go down, down to the river to pray. As I went down to the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the starry crown, good Lord, show me the way. Oh, people, let's go down, let's go down, come on down. Oh, people, let's go down, down to the river to pray. As I went down to the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the robe and crown, good Lord, show me the way. Oh, mothers, let's go down, let's go down, come on down. Oh, mothers, let's go down, down to the river to pray. As I went down to the river to pray. Thank you for listening to a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Our podcast is supported by our three congregations of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity Lutheran Churches, our small town churches in Amory, Wisconsin. If you feel so moved to donate, please visit us online at nuicparish.org. That's nuicparish.org. Until next time. Oh, sinners, let's go down. Down to the river to pray.